Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Uwe Dockhorn. Welcome to Liftoff with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sound good? Okay, here we go. Today I'm very excited to introduce you to Dr. Mandy Leto. How are you doing, Mandy? And where are you hanging out right now? <laughs> Thank you for having me, Uwe. I am in Wimbledon in London, which is where I make my home. And uh, it's not raining today, which is always a plus. Wonderful. That sounds peaceful. <laughs> Amazing. So Dr. Manileto is an executive coach for driven leaders whose lives look shiny on the outside, but they're secretly wondering how they, long they can keep this up. How long they can keep this up. So, And I think your mission to slow down and get clear on what success looks like now in this a season of their lives is remarkable again. So I'm very thankful I can talk to you today, Mandy. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So let's dive right in. So who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face? So my ideal client, these are men and women who generally work in very fast-paced industries, private equity, banking, law, government, that sort of thing. And they're very driven. They're very uh, identified with their jobs. And they have this veneer of success. They have the titles, they have the status, they have the shiny things. And to the outside world, it looks like they have made it in every conceivable way. And they have. But inside, they harbor a secret. They might be burnt out. They might be disillusioned. They might be secretly feeling, is this mm. all there is? And they're high performing in this way as well, that they're able to perform over those feelings. And usually the busyness keeps them from touching that sadness or that lack of fulfillment. Mm. So these driven individuals who look like they're winning at life secretly feel not enough. They secretly feel like they've never gotten there yet, that there's mm. still more to come. And there's this void inside, but nobody would know because mm. they perform over it so compellingly. That's who I work with. Well, essential questions that we all need to, uh, to ask ourselves. And at this level, it's um, very important uh, to get answers, right? So these people hmm. are, they're, they're feeling that if they go faster, mm -hmm. if they work harder, if they continue using the winning strategy that's worked for them for all their lives, that that will bring them some relief from this. So surely mm -hmm. the next bonus, the next success, the next mm -hmm. accolade, the next shiny gadget the next kitchen renovation, the next relationship, the next loss of five kilos or whatever it is, that that will for absolutely sure bring that fulfillment that they're looking for. But they kind of know it won't. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the insidiousness of being on this cycle is this 
need, this compulsion to continue pushing, knowing that it's probably going to feel hollow. And as soon as you arrive there, you'll celebrate for about 16 seconds and then the need to do it again begins. So it's, it's exhausting as well. I almost sounds almost uh, also sounds sad, you know, to have compartmentalized, you know, all the things that you just mentioned. So, and the last time I checked, we're all humans, right? I hope so. So, what are common mistakes your clients typically make when trying to solve these challenges? Well, as I said, they revert to their winning strategy, mm. right? And their winning strategy has been put more muscle in it, work harder, mm. stay longer at work, uh, push harder. It generally the default is farther, faster, more, better, as opposed to the counterintuitive truth, which is mm. generally the idea to slow down, mm. to speed up. Mm. And it feels like there, the author and professor Arthur Brooks, he also writes a, a column for the Atlantic And he has this great phrase. It's, you know, that we're running from the agony of irrelevance. Mm. Ugh. <laughs> And it's so unintuitive to slow down because you think that you will become engulfed by the agony of irrelevance. So it's like mm. being on this perpetual marathon. Mm. And I think that's the common mistake is to push mm. even harder, which is where the risk of burnout comes in. Mm. Indeed. So before I ask Mandy, what is one valuable free action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something here to our audience. If you are enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So Mandy, what is one valuable free action that our audience can implement that will help with these kinds of issues? I think the key is to find space in your life to start the challenging inquiry. Yeah, and to start to ask yourself some uncomfortable questions. Part of why these individuals continue working at this speed is because slowing down means that these uncomfortable questions bubble up. So to be in that discomfort, to start to grow your energetic capacity mm. to sit in discomfort, it doesn't feel nice. But it's like going to the gym when you lift weights tiny micro tears happen in your muscles and then they rebuild stronger. So rebuilding or actually building maybe for the first time our capacity to sit in discomfort, which means mm. slowing down mm. and starting to dialogue with yourself, thinking, you know, what is my work identity hiding? Mm. One of my favorite questions to offer too is what am I trying not to know? Hmm. what am I afraid of if I slow down what am I afraid of and beginning a dialogue with some of those questions and murky feelings that might bubble up if we slow down enough hmm. and courageously sit there in that agony of irrelevance and seeing hmm. what bubbles up that's it's not an easy step hmm. No, But I it's understand. a courageous one and a necessary yeah, one. Definitely. And, and I totally understand. It's a powerful questions and the asking, you know, it's a systemic questions about yourself. And this is always kind of like a very powerful to uh, 
to ask yourself these questions and get to the to to the core of uh, the root of things. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And mm. there's solutions will present themselves to mm. us little by little. But the first step is starting to disengage from those habitual, sometimes addictive behaviors. We mm. can become addicted to achievement. Mm. We can become addicted to the dopamine that we get when we when we win or when we achieve something. And to slow down can feel so dull and it can mm. feel like we've lost the adrenaline. Mm. But it's a very necessary step to actually start to think about like, what am I trying not to know? Mm. When we're in chronic movement, chronic perpetual busyness all the time, the onslaught of meetings, emails, phone calls, all of that coming at us. There's no time to actually think about what we want in this season of our lives. And as you're advocated uh, to simply ask yourself, am I enough, right? <laughs> It's so this begins the process. It's so easy to feel like mm. we are our jobs that we are our status or we are the title on our business cards. But actually this uncomfortable inquiry starts to get us to think about who am I without that? Mm. Who am I without my business card? Who am I without all of the, the shiny things? And as I said, it's, it's uncomfortable, but a necessary place to begin. Mm. It's a place that uh, people can uh, find themselves in. So I want to thank you first for sharing these uh, deep insights, but also give you the platform to share where people can find you, but also what is one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that will help with that, but also in a broader sense. Well, I would direct people to, to my podcast because that's mm -hmm. exactly what the show is about. It's called Enough, the mm -hmm. podcast. And these are the conversations about success and leadership that no one is having because mm. so much of leadership is the tips, tricks, how to's, you know, all of that. But I scratch the surface of all of the shiny things and see what might be going on in the minds of those leaders mm. where three o'clock in the morning, you're sitting in bed ruminating on, you know, I didn't handle that well. How am I going to mm. keep going? I've lost my mojo. All of those, those truths that are bubbling under the surface that nobody sees. So mm. there it's a mix of solo episodes and I bring on guests, people, you know, senior executives, psychologists, um, you know, a whole host of different types of guests. And mm. we probe into these into these questions of enoughness and how we can support one another on this journey. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Of course, uh, we put everything in the show notes uh, and I highly recommend this podcast. So it's, uh, it's really very valuable and you share so much insights. So, so thank you for that. So um, Mandy, what's the one question I should have asked you that would be of great value to our audience? Well, it's not a question. I'm going to be a bit of a rebel and play with the play with you <laughs> sure. uh, right now. It's more of a concept. And I found this hugely useful, not only for myself, but for a lot of the people who I coach who are in this inquiry. There's a scholar and author called David Brooks, who has come up with the concept of the two mountains. 
And often when we are at the beginning of our careers, the whole idea of the first mountain is all about accumulating status, title, shiny things. It's it's a great place for our ego to hang out, you know, when we're winning at things and we start to get traction in life and and put our reputation out there. Who are we in the world? This is where we start to express and and take up space and visibility and all of those those parts of our career that are very useful to us and help mm. us to identify as successful in the world. Mm. But when we stay on that first mountain, maybe too long, or we don't understand that there's more mountains, it can start to feel hollow, a little bit unfulfilling after a while, sort of been there, done that. Mm. And this sense of trying to replicate, let's get a new shiny thing. Let's get a new title. Let's get a new degree. And it feels good for a moment, but then it disappears super quickly. Mm. And I want to introduce the concept of what David Brooks calls the second mountain. And Mm. the second mountain is really when we switch over from the concept of me on the first mountain to we on the Mm. second mountain, where we start to really get curious about who am I helping? Mm. What's my purpose here? What do I want to create with this one precious life of mine? Mm. Who am I walking shoulder to shoulder with? Yeah. What, what is it that I'm creating that isn't about the status money, shiny things like something Mm. that feels good. This is the place where, where we go to get all the music out inside of us, regardless of what your profession is. Like you, you can leave this planet finished up with no gifts unused and no gifts ungiven. So that would be the concept rather than the question that I would offer your listeners is if you're feeling in this hollow place of not enoughness, or is this all there is, maybe it's squinting off into the distance and seeing that there is a second mountain in your life. Mm. What does that look like? Mm. Well, maybe the question is, what is my second mountain? (laughs) Very true. I couldn't drop that on you without the context. So yeah, what does my second mountain look like? For sure. (laughs) Excellent. No, thank you for sharing. This is wonderful. Um, And my audience will love it. (laughs) Good. So That brings me already to my final question. It's a personal one. When was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? My children are musical. At least some of my children are musical. Um, I have four children collectively, two of my own and two stepsons. And when you asked this question, it immediately brought me back to watching my son performing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sibelius's Finlandia in an orchestra. Now, I have I have a Finnish passport, which is why I look like this. If you're watching on video, uh, I am pale and interesting. So, <laughs> Sibelius's piece has been something that I heard growing up at home, mm-hmm. growing up with Finnish heritage. It's something that when I was studying to do my PhD, it was the piece of music where I would lie on the floor with Mm. my headphones on. When there was a sunbeam coming through the window, it was kind of like a cheap, I had no money at the time. It was like a cheap form of pleasure listening to this beautiful piece of music, laying there with my headphones on and like feeling, feeling all of the emotions in that piece. And I remember that was like the anthem of me doing my doctorate. 
And I didn't even know this. I went to my son's concert and his, he hadn't even told me how he didn't know that this piece was so important to me. And they played this piece as the finale mm. and it was so brilliant. And I'm sitting in the front row crying my eyes out, feeling the goosebumps of how legacy and purpose mm. and memory and family all intertwined in one piece of music. And I shot up at the end and I was screaming bravo and, you know, I was probably seen as the overeager mother, but whatever. That was <laughs> one moment where that came that there's plenty, but that's the one that came to mind this morning as you asked that question. Wow. What a crescendo uh, to share with us this beautiful image and orchestra and symphony of goosebumps. So I'm very thankful for that. Having the shivers right now, so mission mm. accomplished. Well done, Manny. <laughs> music can move us. Yes. I really think music yes. is something to put in your backpack mm. for your second mountain because it's it's there's so much built into it. So yeah, music. Okay. I cannot agree more. <laughs> well, thank you, Mandy, for this beautiful Goosebumps moment. Also, thank you for our conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you and I appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you share with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. And it was my pleasure. Thank you for listening. And as always, energizing results to you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.